Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 45 as co-host Liz Amen, you know on Twitter as JepaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Uh, we are almost through round 11 into round 12. What was your bias strategy in round 11, Jep? My bias strategy? Well, look, it's... Um it's all about picking the best players at the moment. Um, managing the buys is a problem now we got we got going forward. I, I must admit my focus on the buys and who's had their buys has been pretty minimal. Um, but I did bank on Jackson Thurlow um, with the 80 and getting him in. Um, I thought a safe 80 at D6 was a good bet. And, um, yeah, other than that, how about yourself? Held trades late in the round, which proved critical. I traded in for bench cover in round 11, and his name was Darcy Cameron, eventually on field for 87 points, which was a bonus. Also, having a full squad each round will likely result in a climb in rank, especially if there was carnage as there was in the Essendon team tonight. And obviously with Essendon and Gold Coast to play tomorrow night, Ridley is still questionable for that game, Jep. Yeah, it's it's a huge problem um, for the coaches that really need to burn trades early for various reasons. So, yeah, holding those trades, we reiterate again that if we can hold those trades for as long as possible before pushing the button, it's, um, it could come handy. What are your thoughts on a buy strategy for round 12, Jet? Oh, look, it's again, so it's it's target. Hopefully we'll find out this new fixture. We know it's going to be another compressed fixture that's came out recently. So it's just... Targeting who already has the buy, um, and, and really, you're still targeting the, the best players, aren't we? So, when like for a Hawley, for example, high average, um, has full rest for various reasons, so he's good to go. Um, finally, the legs of you know Josh Kelly's and the um, Jackson McRae's and, and those kind of players, they're starting to come through with their scores given how fit they are and um, and the, sh- the shorter um, recovery and um, days between games. So those kind of players is, is who I'm targeting. Again, hold trades late in the round is a very much a safe play. However, if you've got a strong bench, the unique play now is to go early on trades, Jep. Well, yeah, it, it's an idea. Um, it comes with risk, but again, if you if you've got your heart set on a particular primo, then um, then go for it. Yeah, the, the bench cover is there for a reason, and if you can you know handle a, a 40 or a 50 from a woodcock or a close as an examples, then then so be it. If premiums are out, Jeb, and need to be traded, do you think it's a so be it attitude, especially at the pointy end of this season? Well, I think with the Gorney scenario, I think there was no guarantee that Gorn was going to miss one game. So for I, for example, pushed the button and, and traded him. Yep. Um, if, if we know that a player's only going to miss one game, then there's a reason to hold, isn't there? So, um, yeah, it, we, we can't die wondering, can we? So, you know, backing in some of these rooks that, you know, and, and McPherson did pretty well today. He started like a house on fire but then faded. So those kind of players can come in handy um, if, you know, a Jake Lloyd, for example, has a rest. So it's um, it sort of depends on the player and, and the line that we're dealing with. Yeah, so for me, again, if there are many questions for a second game to be missed, I think it's hit trade, hit the trade button for me especially. Okay, make sure you're following out AFL ratings on Twitter for updates to main a strong fantasy game, especially during this period. 
who would have read those thoughts on Brody Grundy being out this round, and he was not. So keep up to date with accurate information, that's for sure. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here crushing it. If you'd like a chance of scoring a plus six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter, and at the end of the season, we're going to give a few more away. This week on episode 45, Jeppa and I will talk about key plays ahead of round 12. Keep in mind we are just heading into the end of round 11 right now. And not only that, we're recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, August 11. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on overall ranking AFL fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. Okay, Jeff, episode 45, we're going to kick it off alphabetically. Adelaide, Harry Schoenberg, their scores just haven't been there. It might be time to flip Schoenberg pretty quickly. Yeah, well, to 22 is very modest, um, especially from 71% time on ground. So not not ideal, um, but he was playing through the midfield and, you know, in the second half, Collingwood really dominated. So, yeah, if um, he's definitely just bench cover, no on-field stuff, and if you can flip him for a, for a decent primo, then you'll be looking to do that. Riley O'Brien, he's an option to replace Max Gorn, Jeff. Definitely, and and you know you could see that he wrote his notes in his phone on Brody Grundy today. Obviously, he had some pride with that matchup and, and wanted to take on the best ruckman possible. So, um, I think he's playing pretty well, and he'll continue to do so for the rest of the season. Lachlan Scholl, he has solid job security and playing a halfback role for the Crows. Jeff. Yeah, definitely. With Lair going into the midfield, Scholl is that clean user, and um, yeah, he, he's really good in his disposal efficiency. So I like him. Rory Laird, speaking of him, punched out of 139 in round 11. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Unreal. Unreal seeing Laird through the midfield, 37 touches, so and 10 clearances as well. So that's where he's living for the rest of the season, you would think. Um, and whether he can maintain those scores is another theory. But, um, yeah, if, if you bank in 139 each week, you'd take it, wouldn't you? Crows played late in the next round, Jeff, and he will be highly targeted, you think, Oh, and naturally, because he's still pretty cheap. So, um, and we've all really all season struggled with those primo defender picks. So, if if the role's there, then it's half the battle. On to Brisbane, Lockie Neal. He stated he almost had a game off a couple of weeks ago. He's a required player for the rest of the season, Jeff. Oh, definitely. Um, just continues to kill it, and is probably playing for the accolades of Brownlow Medal, All Australian, and the like, um, without admitting to it. So, yep, he, he's a must. Yeah, that brand is almost over for me. Anyway, okay, on to Alex Witherden. Average 91 points from his last three games, Jep. Loves a plus six, doesn't he, mate? So, um, yeah, doing well. Not much of a handballer and not much of a tackler, but that doesn't matter when he plays a kick-mark game. Dane Zorko, I wasn't strong on him a couple of weeks ago due to his calf and Achilles issues earlier this year. However, 96.3 points from his last four. He's a strong player, Jep. Oh, definitely, and still affordable too. So another target probably like Laird this round. Oscar McInerney, can you believe it's 2020 and we're speaking about Oscar McInerney? <laughs> however, however, the reason we are, it's Max Gorn. 77.5 points from McInerney from his last two coaches are likely looking for an option here, Jet. Yeah, it's an option, but uh, look, it, it comes with risk, doesn't it? He, he's playing the 9 one ruck and, and there's no threat there and... He's presenting well, but not for me. Sorry if you're listening, Oscar, but, you know, it's 2020 and everything's possible right now. Okay, on the count, Patrick Cripps, 88 points from his last two games, Jeb, and he's just above 650K. For those who can't afford a max premium upgrade, Cripps is right there. 
Yeah, so there'll be a few this week and, and in other weeks where, you know, the two Prima upgrade is, is an option and he's of the cheaper end. So not for me personally, just given the attention he, he, he grabs, but I, I wouldn't um, completely be against it. Okay, the Blues are gone north-south, as I have mentioned for weeks. It's no east-west in defence, and that is hurting Sam Doherty's scores. 59.8 points over his last five games. Jeb, your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's um, it's a scenario where you could really, if you push him for overall rank like we are, we, we could flip him and flip him now. Um, and that sounds crazy, yeah. but um, if this is the kind of moves you have to really look at to... Um, to gain overall rank. You know, 60 is not doing anyone any favours. No. Okay, on the Matt Kennedy, there's an option there. Obviously, the forwards are strong this year in AFL Fantasy, but again, if you can't afford a big upgrade, he is running through that midfield and scoring quite nicely, Jip. Yeah, he's a stepping stone, and he was really good against West Coast. Um, so it's it's the um, affordability while maintaining um, decent scores. So a risk, but like... Um, like most, we, we can't die wondering, can we? On to Collingwood, Jack Crisp. Spent a little bit of time through the midfield recently, however, a little bit of halfback usage tonight, and he scored quite well. He's another option in defence, Jep. Yeah, look, there was probably in that second half three or four kicks inside 50 where he absolutely nailed them to, to his teammates. So I think that goes very noticed by the Collingwood hierarchy, and he's set for halfback, and... I actually think his score's going to be on the up because I want the ball in his hands a little more. Yeah, not only that, junk time, and he junked it up tonight against the Crows. Okay, on to Brody Grundy. He split time at Ruck with Darcy Cameron in round 11. Bucks is managing his time on ground yet. Yep, uh, it's all part of um, part of this condensed fixture, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens um, going forward. But, um, look, we're not, we can't be surprised by it. And he still punched out a 72, which is a decent score. Yep. Okay, on the Steel's side bottom, he is a genuine target right now. However, quite not against Adelaide. He didn't really exert himself in what looked like an ideal matchup, Chip. Yeah, it's a bit of a pity for side bottom owners, but um, he got some attention early and then just really lost rhythm in the game. So Melbourne next week, and they're not um, foreign to tagging opponents, and, and North Melbourne the week after. So. Yeah, there might be some more attention to Cyborg. On to Essen and Zach Merritt. He has a decent ceiling, that's for sure, but he is playing an outside role this season, Jeff. Yeah, I still don't mind him, though. I still think he's that semi-unique kind of player, and um, and and with that, um, I'm for Sam Draper, he was named out for Essendon in round 11, and that was being managed. He's no certainty to come straight back in, as the Bombers actually have three rucks to choose from right now, Jeff. It's pretty hard to generate cash when players aren't playing, isn't it, mate? So, yeah, look, a surprising one. Um, I think we can hold our hand on our heart and say, yeah, he'll be in at some point in future games. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, and just managing that ruck issue. If you've got Draper, hopefully that you weren't starting him on a field, but if you are, you've just got to manage that situation out ASAP. Okay, on to Fremantle, Andrew Brayshaw. He averaged 55.8 points from his opening four games this season. He has averaged 90.7 points from his last six games. Jep, what a turnaround. Yeah, and the turnaround through opportunity and um, and a slightly well, a big role change, playing through the middle now. So that's where he's most suited. And um, if we recall the earlier rounds, he's kind of on the outside and having stints on the ball. So 
makes all the difference, loves to tackle, had plenty of it, 33 touches. I mean, yeah, that's a great effort. So going forward, we, we think there's going to be no change. Okay, on to Connor Blakely. He injured his shoulder just on three-quarter time. For those who grabbed the average score last week, you need to manage this out potentially for the next round, Jeff. Yeah, really, really um, hard to pill to swallow, really. Yeah, it's... Um... Nat Fife, potential forward status, potential that is, not guaranteed. If he is named a forward, Jeff, he's a trade target. He is, but he's also an injury risk, and I think everyone forgets that too. And if Frio get ruled out of finals, do they um, <clears throat> shut up shop, play the kids, and, and put their stars on ice? Probably. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, and that's also keep in mind for other teams that are running out of the race for the finals is that those stars could be put on ice. Okay, on to Geelong, Mitch Duncan. He's an option through that midfield for a trading target, Jet. He just quietly goes about and, and, and keeps hitting it. So, yeah, really, really good player and has been for a long time, very underrated. So don't mind it as, again, semi-unique. Patrick Dangerfield, round 10, he spent most of the game forward. Round 11, that was almost a 60-40 split. And I think coming up to these premium games, Geelong need to win, obviously, to qualify for finals and top four. He'll be more into that midfield chip. Yeah, you'd hope so, but um, yeah, obviously it was they were managing his minutes last week um, or, or this round, sorry, and so yeah, I think that that's a fair assumption to make that he'll start grinding up. And traditionally, Geelong work their primos to peak at the right time of the year, so that's coming. Tom Stewart has potential for a lot of junk time intercept marks here, plus sixes everywhere. Geelong coach Chris Scott said he didn't anticipate playing a defensive hold-on-to-the-ball type game scenario against St Kilda. However, that's the way it played out, and there were plenty of points there for defenders. And one of those players there, also along with Stewart, was Sam Menegola, because he was leading up and getting those plus sixes all the time. And he's averaged 94.8 points from his last four games. Yep, both players, Stewart and Menegola, your thoughts? Yep, don't mind Stewart. Um, very much in calculations for the rest of the season, and he should be for many, given his price tag. Menengola as well, like, yeah, well, it's, it's he just has had a great month and there's no signs of him slowing down. And again, the role's there for him. So whether what happens with Dangerfield going more into middle, does that affect Manigola's scores? Probably. Um, so just keep that in mind when you're thinking about trading here. Gold Coast, Hugh Greenwood. Uh, if you don't know Greenwood, I think he's still a good trading target. Your thoughts, Chip? Yep. Loves a tackle. We know that. So, um, Plenty of plus fours in his scores and um, playing the role now with Raul out inside mid the whole, you know, for longer minutes, I should say. So, yeah, very much a, a top six calculated forward. Jeremy Sharp, for those who own Sharp, he was injured last round and he's been named out due to that injury. He might be worth stashing onto your deep bench for late season cover. It's not expected that he's going to miss too many games, Jeff. Yeah, look, I... If you own him, just, yeah, probably hold and wait and see. But um, the the young St Kilda kid, Bartel, would be traded in by many and not for obvious reasons. Okay, Isaac Rankin. He's good bench cover for the rest of the season, but most would have cashed him out by, by now, Jeb. However, I think if you rank an owner, it's probably one there. And as we know right now, bench cover is critical. Yeah, and it just depends who else is there. You know, many have Woodcock at either F6 or 7, um, or eight. So, looking at the quality you have as backup is is probably a luxury for many. But 
those high ranks really need to think about who is their cover because if there's a laid out, Jai Simpkins got a niggle or Petrarca even who hasn't had much of a rest and has been going full throttle since we started the, the restart. Yeah, it's um, it could be a 20 point difference. Yeah, for sure. That's that, again bench cover and who you've got as bench cover. I agree is critical. Okay, onto GWS. Play. They play the early game in round 12. I'm going to wrap these players up in three, Jeb. Kelly, Whitfield, and Taranto. Taranto is quite unique. So is Kelly. Whitfield, obviously highly owned. Your thoughts on all three? Well, just on this, they're all dominating. We know that. So Whitfield and Kelly, got the, they love running, and they get those miles on their legs, and they get the ball plus six, usually. Um, Taranto, coming back from pretty significant injury and worked up to great form now. So now is the time... And admittedly, I think Taranto is the unique we're all looking for. So um, to, to get that gain in overall rank, GWS, again, they want to peak at the right time of the season, and that's now, vying for top four and all of that. So, yeah, I think Taranto, is there's big gains to be had. Tim Taranto, 104.5 points from his last two games. OK, on to Hawthorne, and that is Tom Mitchell. Zero tackles in round 11, Jeb. Your thoughts? Unreal. I was watching the game and it's just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm speechless because I think he had about seven or eight like the week before. So um, he still ended up scoring, what, 89? And um, and that included four marks. So the 32 possessions really went a long way. Um, but he was Hawthorne's best player along with the Warpole. Okay, Will Day, he's solid across halfback. He looks to be slocked in there pretty much for the rest of the season for me, Jeff. You would think so. He's just got it. You know, he's he's obviously not built large and he's got a bit to go in that aspect, but he's just got the poise and the skill and, yeah, he's going to be a very good player for a long time to come. James Sicily, he moved forward in that last quarter in round 11. Just one to avoid until late in the season and that Hawthorne team is going to be quite volatile now as finals start to slip away, Jip. She was at stage up, isn't it, mate? You know, we, we've seen this before and Hawthorne struggled and... They chuck Sicily forward, and how do you do? There's a there's a target that can mark it in the forward 50. So, you know, going forward, dare I say it, I think Sicily lining up forward is is going to happen, and um, I'd avoid him. And for current owners, good luck. Got to get Patton back to that team, and that forward that might start to lock in Sicily down back again. Okay, on to Melbourne. Max Gorn, obviously, he was named out for this round, and he is questionable for the next round. Now, for those still holding Gorn, you've got to make sure that your trades are focused in on him. Um, he had some discomfort after his last game, and obviously with a condensed fixture, you know, one week is potentially two games, Jeff. Yeah, um, absolutely, and that's why um, both you and I pushed the trigger and traded him out. It's, um, and when he does come back in, I wouldn't be rushing to, to get him back in as well. So um, a lot of concern, and it's caused a lot of change. Um, in the game with fantasy um, for good and bad and, and some have had some luck and some haven't. I won't be owning Max Gorn for the rest of this season and that's if Melbourne starts to run out of that race for the finals you know Gorn could be shelved quite early so there's risk there everywhere. Okay on to Clayton Oliver he's unique to the top ranked teams Jeff he's still a target but he's going to cost a little bit of money now. Yeah very expensive but by God he um, again vying for for some personal accolades probably and has not taken a backward step since the, the the restart as well, much like Petrarca. So he's got it sooner rather than later, really. Those Jack Varney owners would be happy 
to hear that he should be playing in round 12. So for those that are held, you can lock him back into your midfield on field for that game. Your thoughts on Vonnie for the rest of the year, however, Jeff? Yeah, still volatile scores, but generally pretty positive. Um, and it, yeah, it's um, it's not a trading target, though, going forward. North Melbourne, Luke McDonald, he has absolutely been killing it as that quarterback intercepting top defender since he moved out of that midfield tagging. So his role has now put him into a premium spot. However, he finished round 11 icing his groin. So that is one to keep an eye out for. But again, that role in defence right now is definitely noteworthy for me. If he is healthy, he's definitely a target for me, Jep. And, and me too. Um, he definitely got my attention if he hadn't already, um, before last weekend's performance. Trent Dumont. Okay, had some requests for Trent Dumont. I've held off until now. With Cunnington out, Higgins out of their CBAs, Dumont has absolutely crushed it in recent weeks. This situation, however, is still fluid with the Kangaroos injuries. If he remains in those centre bounces, he's going to be quite unique and also score quite well for me for the rest of the season, Chip. Your thoughts? Yeah, again, I don't mind it given where he's at in his career and he's not one to be rested unless he does get obviously injured, but um, he's one to develop that midfield tank and role and and confidence. So, yeah, I don't mind it at all. Luke David-Junaki, 74.5 points from his last two games. Again, that midfield situation is fluid with Cunnington out and Higgins out of those centre bounces recently if they start to come back in. David-Junaki might see a... Reduction in midfield usage. He's over 400k now. There are better options at a cheaper price, Jeff. Yeah, far better, and I'd avoid. Todd Goldstein, just just straight off the bat, he's an option for Max Gorn owners, Jeff. He is. Um, again, probably disappointed in his current owners with what he dished up last weekend and, and protected lining up on the wing yep. against the Ds. You, you would have thought he would have had a day out against the younger Melbourne Rucks, but that wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, going forward, as we get out, I suppose being an older player, this second round of condensed fixtures, will he have a week off? That's all you've got to keep him on. Port Adelaide, Dan Houston. Burton's still a couple of games away at a minimum, it appears. Houston's role locally remains in the defence in the short-term chip. Yeah, and he's again, he's not doing too poorly given for, for a defender and where defender primos are at. So yeah, be patient. Boyd Woodcock, he can be flipped soon with his price. Keep an open mind, however, to retaining him as bench cover for the rest of the season, Jeff. Yeah, I, look, he's he's generating cash and, and doing his job on the, on for the, his side, really. Um, that's more important. So I think he holds his spot in the 22 for Port Adelaide. And, yeah, as long as he's generating cash that and playing games, that's all what we need. Tom Rockliffe, 102.3 average in his last three. Any interest in owning Rocky? <laughs> Oh God! Again, he is. It's crazy. Like it's it's crazy to think that a guy of his caliber and we call him a unique. So, oh, he'd. Well, well, let's. What's the risk? Okay, so he's out of the team for a few weeks. You would have thought that risk is sort of halved, or, or if not less by now. So, let's assume he's he's good for the twenty two for the remainder of, of the season. He, he probably averages eighty going forward. So. It's, it's not a bad pickup, mate. I, I'm sort of hesitant on it. I don't know. It's, it's just do that ceiling. I think are we going to get the 120s out of him from the from the last seven eight games? That's that's the question. 
Okay, on to Richmond. Dustin Martin, 86.5 points from his last four, and he's now back around 700k, Jep. Yeah, moving in the right direction where he should have started the whole season, but um, yeah, he's in that forward mix amongst others. If if you were to compare two, Greenwood or Dusty, as an example, I'd prefer Greenwood. Basher Hawley, unique. Obviously, nobody owns him in that in those top-ranked teams. He clears quarantine this Friday, and the Tigers play the last game of the round on a Monday. Not too sure on his status as yet whether he will be available, but definitely unique, and he can score. Your thoughts, Jep? Yeah, it's it's a big move to make straight off the bat. So um, oh, he, we would think he'd get some miles in the legs, definitely, um, and he can run out of game no problem, and obviously the designated kicker in the team along with Jaden Short. So big risk for straight off the bat, but definitely the week after. The information that I will be tracking and trying to put up on Twitter feeds is how has his training been over the last couple of weeks while in quarantine. If he's fit and ready to go, that's one trade that I might pull the trigger on quite early, Jep. Yeah, and and that's that's the key. Like it, it's the big move, especially in defence. If most of us still have a McPherson at D6 as an example, that 54 today could be an 85 with with a Hawley, and and those 30 40 points is all the difference. Okay, just a quick one on Raleigh Collier Dawkins. A few weeks ago, the Tigers did talk him up that he was going to play his first game. However, that has yet to eventuate. Okay, on to St Kilda. The, all the talk about the Saints, Jep, is Jack Bytel and what an impressive debut, 52 points. However, Ross and Jones are set to return. I am not too sure on his job security. However, you've got to have loved that role on debut. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, he's a point into the sky with the 52 in a midfield role. But like you said, you'd think Bytel gets either squeezed out of the team Completely, and that will that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, no matter how good he played, um, and where St Kilda are, are looking to to head towards. So just it's obviously bench cover. You don't want to bring in Bytel and start him on your field. I think that's if he moves to a half forward role, say, and um, and misses half the action, then um, he's going to score pretty poorly. It's just one trade you need to hold on to. Saints played late in round 12. So to save his name, see if he's in those final teams and then pull the trigger on bringing him in if you don't own him already. Okay, on to Jack Steele. Jeff, he's unique. He's averaged 93.6 points from his last four games. Yep, still still killing it. And again, still I watched him very closely this weekend and or this round and again there's there's a lot to like about him it's he's not the old jack steel the tagging jack steel that we know it's a completely new midfielder um and people need to remember that so um grab him definitely good point okay on to rowan marshall again Ryder he had a rest in round 11 and he's due to come back they'll manage Ryder through certain games for the remainder of the year marshall's not a solo ruck for those who are targeting him jet yeah, there's that, that risk, and even Marshall started poorly on the weekend or two days, a day or two ago. I can't remember when they played, but um, and then came good late in the game. So he's still an option for Gorn. He's still an option for the rest of the season, but I think there is better. Okay, on the Sydney, Luke Parker, unique, and he's mid-700. Jep, your thoughts? Yep, don't mind it. He's, he's really running the show there, and um, Josh Kennedy should be back soon, though, but... I don't think that'll affect Parker too much. Jake Lloyd, 
He's a target for non-owners. Again, the issue is the Swans play an early game in round 12, and that's a trade that you're going to have to pull early in the week. And as we know, getting into late in round 11, trades are quite critical late in the, in the round. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think you and I, we both talked about having backup trade plans. So as long as you can do a Jake Lloyd in two trades and still have one for it as a as a contingency, then that should be okay. Okay, on the Sam Weeks, other rookies other rookie options exist now. It might be worth flipping him sooner rather than later, Jeff. Yeah, and that's why I sort of um I was hopeful that another bunch of um mid rooks and, and other rooks as well would, would present themselves and I, I didn't fire on Wicks personally, so He's, yeah, I don't think he's assured that 22 spot in, in Sydney's team. And, um, but as, you know, 255s, one being sneaky, um, there's that cash generation. That's what we're all about. That's an important point there. So what looked to be a really good option there to take his average for round 11 turned into potentially a bit of the, bit of a disaster if you burnt a trade on him. It's not really burning a trade on him, but you, you know, obviously one less trade into potentially, you know, Eston Troubles with naming Draper out and potentially Ridley, you've, okay, you've banked 55 points or whatever he scored last round, but then you run into trade issues later in the round. So that's a very important point, you know, holding out for these other players that are going to going to debut. You know, a lot of players are going to debut for the remainder of the year, and this is not something that we've seen in AFL Fantasy before, Jeff. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, we just can't be assured that Wicks is um, going to be named this week and, and for other rounds, so it could be a disaster. West Coast, Andrew Gaff, he's now mid-700s in price, down from his nearly 900k, I think he was, Jep. But the ownership is high. The Eagles are likely leaving Perth in a couple of weeks. What are your thoughts? Yeah, thanks for reminding me, mate. Yeah, he, um, he's dropped a fair bit. and um, But, look, I think... The way West Coast play, I've said this plenty of times, they don't rely on one player. You know, if Shuey's up and Kelly's up, then Gaff, you know, can take a sort of that half step behind. So um, just keep that in mind when you're looking at trading Gaff. Um, and then, yeah, the away factor, whether they go back up to a Brisbane hub or wherever it may be, um, you know, Gaff loves Optus Stadium. We know that. So he'll have his struggles outside of Perth. I'm going to wrap up these two players in one hit. Kelly and Shuey, your thoughts, Jeff? Both second tier. Yeah, again, it's it's the consistency of scores that you can't rely on. So I think Shuey, Shuey is one especially where if he sees his other players, he'll feed them the ball through handballs and, and take that step back and, and let Kelly and you know Gaff, as an example, dominate. But then the, the next week, Shuey steps up, kicks two goals and has 25 touches. So... It's the consistency that I, I have massive concerns on, and I just wouldn't trade them in for that. Western Bulldogs, Jack McRae, 112.5 points from his last four games. He's going to be high 800s at the end of round 11, Jet. He's just unstoppable um, and looking good. A man on a mission, again, one of these players at gut runs and is reaping the rewards, and now we know there's a second round of condensed fixture, so there's, he's a required player. Bailey Smith, time to move on now, I reckon, Jep. Yeah, it's really frustrating, and he um, he got pushed out of the centre square a little bit last week. So, yeah, if you can, 
um, use that 585,000 and invest in a player that's going to give you better scores. And one player that's likely going to take his position in those centre bounces is Josh Dunkley. He should see an increase in midfield usage over the closing rounds. He's definitely unique. The scores just aren't there yet, though, Jep. They're not there yet, but that doesn't say they won't well, they, they won't get there. Um, I think we just monitor dunks and, and wait till he bottoms out and see where he's at and, and make a call then. That's a strong, unique target for me, at least anyway, is that you can't see the scores there yet, but we know how we finished last season. And once he gets his fitness back after his issues earlier this year with his ankle injury, you know, that could be a definitely a good pick for the end of the year. Okay, last one into the plays for this round, Jet Marcus Bontempelli, he's meet 600s. There is an upgrade target for a low cost. Your thoughts, Jet? Yeah, but he just gets a tag, so... Again, do we expect consistent scores from him each week? Probably not, so therefore you look elsewhere. Okay, on to some ownership numbers, but this is from round 10. Some of you will be listening to this podcast after round 11, so this is round 10 as I repeat. Okay, in defence, Jep, Doherty 96%, Lloyd 76% increasing each week. Houston 68%, Crisp 52%, Will Day starting on field at 40%, Haynes 28%, Sisley 24%, Blakely, which was interesting at 24% and has that shoulder concern, Ridley, and is still questionable for round 11, he's at 20%. Jep, your thoughts? Wow, so we got Sisley, Blakely, and Ridley, all 20% owned, that's pretty high, and all with dramas, so there's going to be a shake-up at the top, mate. On to the midfielders. Again, top 25 on field percentage from round 10. Mitchell, 88%. Neal, 76%. Cornelio, 68%. McGrath, 52% dropping. Simpson, 48%. He was a trade out this week for most of those. McRae, 48%. Sarong, 48%. Vonnie, 40%. Gaff, 40%. Duncan, 36%. And we increased by 28% in round 10. Jep, so that he was the target. Adams, 32%. Zorko, 28%. He was only a slight increase, so there's a little bit of a unique, especially in that created midfield. Pickett still on the field, 20%. Oliver, 20% increase of 8%. And Danger, 16%, 4% increase from round 9. Your thoughts, Jet? So here we got two forced trades with Simpson and Viney um, for those up there. So that's going to shake things up as well. Everything else... Sort of made sense, and, and we'll see those percentages um, align with the scores we're getting from the Primo mids. On to the racks. Grundy, 84%. Gorn, 60%. So that's a massive impact for those top 25 ranked teams. Goldstein, 28%. Wits, 12%. Pitnet, 4%. O'Brien, just 4%. So he's a unique option there. Marshall, 4%. And Draper on field last week, 4%. Your thoughts right there, Jep? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, um, more, more shake-ups with changes, but um, it'll be interesting to see this, the percentages next week with who went gone to whoever. Yeah, exactly. I'll do. I'll try and get an update on my Twitter feed for round 11 because by the time we're going to have our next podcast, it's going to be the end of the next round yet. So I'll try yeah. and get those numbers out on my Twitter feed again. Okay, the Gorn and Grundy combo was 48%. So that was an increase of 12%. Obviously, that's going to be mixed up, Jep. Yeah, again, very curious to see which way um, coaches went on trading. Okay, just on the bench there, Draper was owned 64%. So that's quite high. 
On to the forwards, Petrarca 96%, Whitfield 84%. Let me just look at his midfield right there for Whitfield. He's at 12% there, so just combine those two right there. And that takes him up to 96% highly owned. Bailey Smith, this is the one, 72% owned, Jep. So he's the one to move yeah. on. We're going to stop right here. Your thoughts? Yeah, got to. Got to make the move now. And all the signs, looking at the Bulldogs, um, his midfield time was heavily reduced in a score of 47. Got to just bite the bullet and pull the trigger. And I think you've got to pull it really quickly. So I agree with you there, right there. Okay, Andrew Brayshaw, obviously, he's scoring quite well recently, 72%. Greenwood, 72% in the forward line. Rankin on field was 52%. So that was a decrease from 80% from last round, but still highly owned on field jet. You're just going to stop here for Rankin. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's one of these last few upgrades we're looking to make. But, um, yeah, he's that makes sense given um, the opponent he had. And he should go well against Essendon this week. Simpkin at 44% and Art at 24%. Just shows you there's a couple more looks in those forward lines from those top-ranked coaches. And just a couple of finish. Unique is Dusty at 16%. Wingard, who has struggled for scoring over the recent weeks, at 12%. I'll just run through a couple of Uniques down here to see if there's anything there. Swallow, 8%. Keys, not much today, but 8%. Gresham, 8%. Uh, side bottom 4%. So that's quite a unique, but he did not get the score this round. Your thoughts on side bottom or any other players right there, Jep? Yeah, specifically with just with side bottom, um, I think there's just more attention coming his way. Um, I think he's the easy tag than Adams. You know, you could try tag Adams, but he's, he's such a bull that he's going to push through. And then, you know, when does Pendlebury come back and, and the Trelaw's still a couple of weeks away? So um, I think in the short term, there's a bit more pain for side bottom. Good stuff, Jep. Great podcast. Jep and I will return next week for episode 46, and that will be the end of round 12. The podcast schedule for the remainder of the season is for it to land late on Tuesday nights. Jep, that's it for episode 45. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.